wonderful to have you back, Jules, and uh, Kevin Bailey, who is the lead elder of that church. Kind of, you know, you get a phone call to say, listen, we want Tula. It's like, what? Like, don't be so rude, bro. You know, just, you know, it's like when guys ask, you have to give, you know. So I'm thinking, now what do I do? I've got to send Tools. So it was wonderful that he asked, and um, actually Tools was a massive blessing. It was a massive blessing. And uh, this is a sending church. Um, I've got 12 names of young men. Chris and I have been, uh, Bariga, just there's 12, men or 12 names of young men, or maybe 13, 14 of your names, young men, on that list that we're saying, actually, we believe God is upon you to train you to do what Tools is doing. Tools was connecting people. I mean, Tools goes to America, then he pops across to Dubai just to help worship and pops back to America and then comes here, you know. And then he's off to Portugal in a month's time. What is that? Um, tools travel so light. He's, he, I don't know what you own. Tools, a car? Jointly with your mom? It's your mom's? It's, I mean, he's got a bed. He's come back. He doesn't have a home. He's, he's staying with Mikey. He's dangerously a pilgrim. <laughs> but, but actually what Tools, Tools is gaining the kingdom, actually. And, and God will use Tools, um, fatherless, brought up without a dad, but, but came into this church. And it's a great story, actually. I, I would that we would all be like Tula, free, nimble, grateful, um, connected. He went to a completely white community there. He said he was scared to go for runs at times. I was all, you know, um, a completely white community from South Africa, South Africa, like down below, teaching America about worship and prayer. How cool is that? I mean, it's like, it's amazing, isn't it? I think that's outstanding. It's with sadness that I announced the passing of Terry Stain, affectionately known as Swayce in this church. Um, I think he'd been here for, John, how many years? Probably 30 years. He'd been in this church um, and passed away sadly on Wednesday, was it, Jeff? Um, uh, something happened. We still autopsy. Uh, we don't know, but fell. How old was Jeff? Uh, 64. 50, 64. Passed away early, but he's with Jesus. Um, thank you for looking after him, Kim and Jeff, and just being there and uh, when it all happened. So we'll miss him. He looked after about five people with food, vouchers, and parcels, and had some people in his home. So um, it's with sadness that we announce it, but with joy that he's dancing with Jesus. When my mom was dying and she was looking at me, she literally her last moments, she looked at me and uh, she says, I'm going, to, I'm going to the other side. I'm good, I'm going. I said, you're going? She said, I'm just, I'm going. Just right here, he's, he's waiting for me. She said, well, how's that? I'm looking at her, she says, I'm about to cross the veil. He's, he's there. Terry's there. He's with he loved Jesus. He was a beautiful man, never, always smiling, always thankful, always appreciative. Isn't that a wonderful testimony? Kind of model saints, amen? Never married, I think. Was he ever married? Never married, smiling, joyous, red-faced, a hero to, to us. Amen. I thought this was communion, but it's... Caleb Thompson baked that, ladies. 
a young man in the church. How old is Caleb? Are Caleb's mom and dad here? Eh? 22. I think he said to Katrina, you know, I'll, I'll do the cookies or the brownies for the moms. Ah, this is a great church. <laughs> Isn't it a great church? So, Lord, um, I'll pray for myself because tools didn't pray for me, but um, won't you help me, Lord, and help the word go out and touch our hearts in your precious name. Thank you for beautiful moms in this church, beautiful, beautiful mothers in this church, grandmothers, moms-to-be, new moms. Uh, we're so grateful for the women of this church. They're, they're your jewel. I know they're your jewel. They, they're the eaves of the church. They're the final product. They're the, they bring color and joy and care and heart. And we want to say thank you so much for the moms and the, and the ladies of this church. Continue the story, Lord. Um, won't you do that in Jesus' name? I'd like to continue something of a, you know, sometimes you do a series through a book, but sometimes you have sort of in your journals, you spend time praying and you write down things. This is like a journal preach, you know, those times when you, you're waiting on God, and I, I, I love to do that. And so I started last week on uh, churches, cultures, and nations. And, you know, there's, there's cultures and churches, and there's subcultures that develop in churches, sometimes dangerous. And every church has a certain culture, and then they can develop subcultures. Like you can have a church that's a beautiful church, has a subculture of incredible hospitality, um, or a culture of, um, of serving the poor, social justice. Amazing. They, they, and obviously we want to be careful to overdevelop subcultures in the church or to become a church that becomes so good at worship that what you do is you have people you start hiring people because you've got the standard of worship that is technically so good that, that, that actually it becomes more about the technical aspect rather than the congregational aspect of worship. So the subcultures are important, but we've got to be careful as elders and deacons and leaders to make sure that we don't over push it until the building falls over. And there are churches now who have, have got into trouble because they've overdeveloped cultures or subcultures like holiness. I long to be holy. It's one of the things that I probably long for most. But you can, you can so get caught up in wanting to be holy that you begin to feel unworthy or you become a holiness movement. Amen? So that's what I was speaking about. And we also have a, a need to have a, an emphasis on discipleship, one of Redpoint's strong points that Tools was saying. He was being discipled here for 30 years. Um, but the objective of discipleship is not discipleship it's to to disciple the nation so once you make a disciple it's like if you raise up a teacher you think i've got a teacher but the teacher must teach amen once they become a teacher you think well that's great now teacher would you teach and raise up other teachers so discipleship is with a view to the end goal is to the great commission um it's a dying world it's a christless world and disciples who are followers of jesus begin to, and he says, I want you to disciple the nations. And so that's something, and go and make disciples of all nations. An over-emphasis um, on discipleship causes a preoccupation with personal holiness. Or have you had your quiet time so you, become, you can develop a culture where you can be, you focus on, on, on character flaws. Oh, you've got a character flaw. Jesus, in making his disciples, journeyed with them, and he would address character flaws as they walked along. He didn't say, well, before you can be my disciple, or, ah, Peter, we know that there were lots of 
things that had to happen, it can lead to excessive training, extremely high standards, an overemphasis on mentors. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us a journey together. Amen? Um, he, he didn't say make disciples of Christians. He said make disciples of nations. And so um, we need to look at the Scriptures and I hope you hold, hold the elders as a church accountable to the pattern of Scripture. So you must always hold, you know, it's like people say, you know, let, let's say you must call me Pastor Nick. So let's say we push that, push that. Well, actually, I'm an under-pastor. I'm not, your pastor is Jesus. Your true pastor is Jesus. Because if you're in the Ukraine now and your house has been bombed and you've lost your spouse, you've got no pastor. But the pastors, the under-pastors, if you want to call me pastor, please put the word under-pastor. Rather just call me Nick. I'm more comfortable with that. But Jesus is your ultimate pastor. If I introduce myself as prophet or apostle Nick or whatever, well, Jesus is your true apostle. He is the great prophet that came down from heaven, the ultimate prophet. And so why am I saying this? I don't know. The pattern of Scripture we need the revelation of truth. So in Acts chapter 1, it says, All that Jesus began to do and to teach. Okay? So Jesus began to do stuff and he began to teach. And we, through the ages, his church and his body, continue to do what Jesus did because we are the body of Christ. So I wouldn't have called the church the body of Christ. But we are the body of Christ because we, as a collective, form one and in our oneness, he says, you are the body of Christ. So what the body of Christ did 2,000 years ago as he walked through the streets of Jerusalem, we are to do. And what Jesus taught, we are to teach. So he ascends and he says, okay, receive the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. And we receive it. And he says, you are the body of Christ. And what I started to do, continue to do for 2,000 years here to four. And what I taught, you continue to teach. A wife shall be subjected to her, to her husband. Ah, oh, like that's not cool today. A man can marry a man. You will never be one if a man marries a man or woman. You can do it and get a certificate, but God will not join that. Amen. Because He said it two thousand years. Continue to teach that. Amen. Discipline your children. Well, I can't discipline my. The school disciplines my kid. The school will teach my kid about sexuality. You teach your kid. So the things that Jesus started, we continue. Again, there's not on my notes, but so that's what we do. We continue to do and to teach. The work is not finished until all the nations have been reached. We did miss tools. There's some prayer meeting. We do some worship. And at times, thank you, Pete, for doing it and the others, but sometimes... Tools got it away to do, so we missed them. So we want to miss you because we want to send you. And so the body of Christ has been mandated to continue to teach, full steam ahead, to do his way, his words, his actions. Friends, many times I've been tempted to go the way of the 2020, the way of America, the way of business, the way of philosophy. Remember this, that the Glenridge elders were scared to bring me onto the eldership team they were, they were, the, the eldership team was hung because they were scared I would bring business principles into the church and it would affect the church. And so I was told, 
bit later, we were cautious to bring you on because we were concerned that you would bring in business principles because I was a businessman, believe it or not. I don't know how to do any business anymore. I thought, that's a good thought. Thank you. Thank you for saying that to me because this is the holy church of God. This is not Starbucks or Massey Ferguson. This is the sacred church of God. Best you lift your hands, young Mr. Hardy, and you find out who Jesus is and you continue to teach the things that he do. So we need spiritual power because we can't do this. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to come upon him to do his ministry and to receive, and the Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove, how much more we, the body of Christ, this collective here needs the dove of God, the cloud of God, the wind of God, because we can't do it otherwise. We will be discouraged. We will lose the battle. We will get exhausted, okay? To, to be a witness be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses when the Spirit comes upon you. It means the, I want you to be the full package that Jesus is. How do we do that? You can't do it except the Spirit empowers you and enables you for the full work. So we need the God in our lives through us mysteriously to do and to continue to do and to teach all the things that he did. And so we are a body with many parts, and we need the Spirit to be poured out upon us. Because of the charismatic excesses and some of the weird stuff that happened and some of the thus saith the Lord and prophesying and stuff going on, we, the, the, the church withdrew from the outpouring, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the speaking in new tongues, the prophecies and the, and the trusting God. So we we, we, we go in ebbs and flows, and we, get, we panic, and then guys start doing crazy things. I remember a guy walking to a person in this church's room, dying. We have been, been calling out to God, dying, walking, and saying, God says to me, he's going to heal her. I took him outside, and I said, you had better, to the whole family. I mean, I entered Benny Hospital. My veins were, because I'm saying, if you come in here and you declare that, it better be so, sir. Don't just come in now. But we, we call out to God. That was like charismatic or healing presumption, amen? So as a result, we stopped praying that God would raise the sick or the dead. To be an effective witness, we need God's power, doing what he did in Jesus, doing what he did in Paul in the church in Jerusalem through us. Number one, my first point, in order to become witnesses, are you truly born again? My, my story, my, hopefully my thesis or my case will build. Have you been changed? Have you been transformed by God's power? Are you a new creation? Please put up 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'll show you what that means. So he's saying, has something dramatically changed in you? Are, is there a fire burning inside? Are you a new creation? You said, I was alive. Are you staying alive? To quote Jackson's song. Is there a fire burning ongoingly? Are you radical? And so if you pick it up here, it, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse, what did I say? 17. Let me go to 16. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. This is talking to the church. The once we regarded Christ in this way. So Paul said, He's just like a teacher. That's why the rich young ruler said, teacher, good teacher. And Jesus said, you just think I'm a rabbi. So, he, so the young, he says, 
call no one good except God. Does that mean Jesus said he's not good? No. The rich young ruler said, teacher, or rabbi. If he had said Messiah, Jesus would have probably spoken to him differently. So he says, we regarded no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Brothers and sisters, that is a huge statement. I mean, it's like, really? I mean, when I got saved, it was just like a prayer. I prayed, I, I felt too much. But, but so, yes, you are a new creation. By faith, I am a new creation. The old has gone. That's why obsessive um, interest in your past and your early attachments, what your father did or didn't do, whether you had one, that your mother abandoned you, that all the stuff, you were bullied as a kid at school. I was the third child. I had the third child syndrome. The old has gone. And so I can go and limp in that. So now that I've been born again for 40 years and suddenly I have a crisis in my life, I think, ah, oh, I don't know why it's because I don't know. No, I'm a new, by faith I'm a new creation. I will not let the devil bring me back because that's his game. Come back. Backslide. Backslide. Remember that, that, that elder that said this to you? Remember the guy that prophesied to you in Edmunds Road in 1980? Nine. Remember what he said to you? Yeah, yeah. No, the old has gone. Even the stuff that I didn't like about the faith. Where am I? The new has come. Lord, give me the new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I've reconciled you. Now I give you this ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. That's a, my sins are no longer counted against me. And he has committed to us, he has committed to you, everyone in this room, he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. How do I do that? It's just little old me with my struggles. No, the Spirit of God has empowered me to be his witness. And I also do it collectively. You cannot do it alone. Amen? As though God were making his appeal through us. God will make his appeal to your husband, ma'am, to your wife, to your unsafe friends, through you. That's why how we live is important. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Are you radically born again? Are you a disciple and a follower of Jesus? This is fueled by how? Yes, by the Spirit, but also by an affection for Jesus. In other words, a love for him. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you explore him, the more he will be revealed to you, and the more your affections will begin to catch fire. Otherwise, you just do it out of habit. The Spirit lights the flame inside of us. Can you say amen? The Spirit, so you think, I'm just a guy, you know. Next minute, I'm on fire for Christ. You think, what happened to you, bro? I remember personally, testimony, resisting God, not wanting even. It seemed as though, and for many in this room, God said, I've set my affection upon you, son. You can say no, but I'm going to love you. You can say no, but, but the flames. And, and, and all I had to eventually, reluctantly, hesitantly, yet with great relief, said yes, and the Spirit lit 
a flame. The question is, is that flame still burning? Is that flame? Do you know how many Christians are drifting now, 2022? Astounding. Here in our little city called Pine Town, larger Durban area, many Christians have lost the flame. You know the, the term first love? You know when you say first love, I've been looking at first love. My poor wife's heard enough from me about first love for the whole week. What is first love, God? What is first love? Teach me about first love. Sometimes you have to look at the natural. She was his first love. He only really only loved her. She only really loved him. What is first love? Natural first love. I love the term, first love. The psychologists say first love is a very, the first time you kiss somebody, the first time you held somebody's hand. You know, then they're going to say the first time you, had, you have sex. Well, you have sex inside of marriage. You cannot have sex outside of marriage. If you're having sex outside of marriage, you need to repent. You might say, I can't stop. You, you, you've, got, you've got to repent. If you're not married and you're having sex, you need to get out of it, brothers and sisters. If you're not saved, I trust that when you get saved, before you get saved, you'll say, actually, Lord, I need to repent. You know that Christ will call you to marriage and there'll be sex within marriage. Are you still there? Help me. You might have come here today saying, I wonder if I can have sex before marriage. The answer, biblically, before the living God is no. But you can if you want to, but probably it'll hurt you. And certainly it'll stop the kingdom advancing in your life. And there's a whole lot more that I can't say here. The gospel is a love story. It's between Christ and his bride. It's a first love story. It's between the lover and the beloved, the song of songs. It's between Israel and her husband, Yahweh. First love is a key biblical term. It's marvelous. You know, sometimes the Lord, the, the, even the, the, this is marvelous to the Lord. It's marvelous to me. There's one thing that, that I find marvelous. How long have you been married for? 50 years. And what's it like? Oh, I love her more than I've ever loved her. You mean with all those problems she's got? Yeah. And that strange cough, she coughs all day. Do you still, do you still love her? And she's got such a squeaky voice. Do you still, can you, oh, love her. And you love him even though he's quite grumpy. Yeah, he's a bit grumpy. But I love him. I can't live without him. That you think, no, he is a dung. You see, that's true love. No, 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 listen, bro, we, we won. And, and, and that, that is a marvelous thing. Okay? The Ephesian church, the church that got most coverage in the Bible, according to theologians, the Ephesian church, you can find her in Acts 19. She was, she was an amazing church. She did amazing things. The book of Ephesians, I mean, that is one of the most beautiful books on the church, is dedicated to the church of Ephesus. 1 and 2 Timothy are written to the pastor of the church at Ephesus. 1, 2, and 3 John, because John was located at Ephesus, was about the church and to the church at Ephesus, they say. Revelation chapter 2 speaks 
to the book, to the church of the Ephesians, and we were there not long ago. Listen, this church got plenty coverage. She was an amazing church, but she lost her first love. She lost her first love. So if you turn to uh, Revelation chapter 2, as I continue to hopefully get somewhere this morning, to the angel of the church at Ephesus, probably Timothy. When was this written? 60 years after Jesus ascended. 65, I'm not going to with numbers. So this church has been going a long time. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, probably the seven angels, the seven leaders. Some say it's the lead elders. Some say it's the angel there. You can believe whatever you want, to, whichever you want. Go and study it and come to your own conclusion. And, and he walks among the seven golden lampstands. The seven golden lampstands is Jesus walking among the churches. So seven churches in the Pantown area, one could see that Jesus would be here now walking amongst his lampstand with the seven leaders in his hand. <laughs> Quite a picture, isn't it? Um, and this is what he says. He says, I know your deeds. In other words, it means you're amazing. I know what you do. The coffee you make and the feeding the poor and the fixing the painting and the roof and the, and the nations and, the, and the, what, all the stuff you do, the hospital visits and the, the giving. And I know your deeds, your hard work. Guys, work hard, man. You're amazing. You're an amazing church. You've been well-trained. And you persevere. So this is becoming like a, it's just going up from 50%, 60%. They've now said 70%. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men. Some churches later on will tolerate wicked men, wicked women. It's fine. Chill. It's fine. Make a mess. Cause a disturbance. You know, write the elders emails to tell them that they don't know what they're doing and discourage them. Unless, of course, God called you, then it'd be nice for you to receive all those emails that you're sending, sir. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles. You see, the church is called to test apostles. The guy comes and says, I'm an apostle. We have to test that apostle, amen, and found them to be false in that case. You have persevered. There it is. So now it's an A plus church. What's A plus plus? It's, an, it's pushing into the 95 category in terms of what you would expect a good church to be. Can somebody give me an amen? This is a good church. And have endured hardship for my name. Hardship, man. In those days, you would, um, what's it, Artemis, the, the goddess Artemis was in, in Ephesus. She was, there was temple prostitutes, male and female. There was persecution. They all, there was this potent god there, goddess. It was, it was Greek and they suffered Intensely and endured hardships for my name, and they hadn't grown weary. They're now in the 98% category for me. Yet I hold this against you you have forsaken your first love. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Just the one thing we got wrong, just the one thing you want to penalize us for. Remember the heart from which you have fallen. Repent, which means turn around, stop doing it, turn around, change your mind. And do the things you did at first. Otherwise, I'm going to remove your lampstand. Okay. What is all that about? They'd lost their first love. 
No, sorry, let me correct that. They didn't lose it, they forsook it. They left it. In, in fact, the theologians and the commentators say they actually, it's almost as if they, they, they you know, if you lose something, you think, I lost it, I, I, I don't know what happened. He said, no, you've, you've forsaken, you've left your first love. Such an important statement. What does that mean? One of the things that, that will continue to help us to see the nations reached, continue to help us to serve the church, continue to help us to burn bright with Jesus is first love. It is, brothers and sisters, first love. Malachi 2.14. You see, he gives us natural marriage as a picture for spiritual marriage. You have broken faith with the wife of your youth. You remember that girl that you loved so much, Israel? Remember, husband, do you remember how you loved her? Do you remember? I mean, who doesn't remember? You know, this guy was part of the friends. We used to fish together, play golf together, go to soccer together, go to rugby together. But no, but Jim is no longer with us. He doesn't come to soccer anymore. He doesn't fish with us. He doesn't surf with us. What else do we do? Play volleyball with us. Where is he? Oh, he fell in love. He's at the shopping center just with his wife. Shopping. Like, what are you doing here, bro? No, I just, I just want to be with this girl. He can't stop holding her hand. He just wants to kiss her until he swallows her. He just, he just loves her. In fact, when I met Katsi, I had a little picture of her in my pocket. And I would go to my friends in Joburg, all my super cool friends. I had a lot of Johannesburg friends. I used to show them a picture of Katsi. They think, ah, whatever. But, hey, bro, you've changed. I'm in love. Everything changed. Everything changes when you're in love. He says, why did you break faith with the wife of your youth, the wife of your marriage covenant? The two shall become one flesh. This thing of Christ burning in us, we understand it from the scriptures. What is the Shema, which is the great Hebrew, it's repeated the most, the Hebrews, uh, the, sorry, the Deuteronomy 6.4. The Lord is one. That he wants us to be one with him. He is one and he wants us to be one with him. But because of his great love for us, Christ who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Passion for Jesus, Ephesian church. Doing it. The elders want us to do this. They want us to go to a life group. They want us to come to prayer. They want us to read our Bible. They want us to go to the nations. They want us to come to Genesis. Yes, we do. But more importantly, in addition to that, is that we want you to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You see, passion for Christ they were on fire. These guys would bring all their stuff. Go and read it in Acts 19. Get their stuff burnt. They were radical. They suffered persecution. They were amazing church. They were on fire. And he says, go back to do the things that you did at first. See the heart from what you fall. Go back. And I've got to think, Lord, must I go back 45 years if my love has grown cold? Yes. Go back and remember the things in your marriage. Remember the photograph in your dining room hall or wherever you have your photograph of your wedding that everyone looks at. Remember the passion that you had for it. Remember the passion that you had for me. Remember your first love. Otherwise, it can turn into cold orthodoxy. Disciples, nations, prayer, 
oh, I don't need my word today. I don't really want to, but I'll just want to read it. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2. I remember the devotion of your youth, God says to Israel. Oh, I remember how you were devoted to me. How as a bride you loved me. This is, this is the Lord speaking. This is um, God speaking to Israel, his beloved. He says, I'm your husband. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. Because she even said, listen, even though this land is like a bit bleak, it's not a land that is like all verdant and, 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 and green, you still followed me. Why? You followed me to a land not sown because you loved me. Wives, can I encourage you to love your husbands? Oh, but the Bible says, husband, love your wives. I've said that a thousand times. Every marriage counseling, actually, the Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands, and husbands, love your wives. But can I also say that, that we as the bride should love our bridegroom? Can I say to the ladies, ladies, on Mother's Day, if you're married, even to Mr. Grumpy, love him. Love him into wholeness. Just love him. Let Receive the love from Christ and let it flow to your husband. Husbands, receive the love of Christ and let it flow to your wives. Oh, well, that's how I am, Nick. You know, I'm not so affectionate. Oh, man. So she just tactile, touch, kiss, love. This church had lost her first love. And God was not impressed. Jesus was not impressed. We all experience the delight of first love when we receive Christ as Savior. The Holy Spirit witnesses with our spirit that I'm his man. I'm his. I'm his child. I'm his beloved. I'm his treasured possessions. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We are heirs. We are co-heirs with Christ. What is first love? First love is uppermost love. If you say first love, it means you love me above anything else. You have, it's, there's no competing affections. Yes, you may have other loves, but first love means uppermost love. It means most prominent love. Oh, but my kids, you know, they just like, they, no, kids, I have first love. It's Jesus. Second love is your mother, and third love is you. <laughs> well, kind of. Uh, every time I see my kids, love you, I love you. We exchange that, that term, we love you. I've got a daughter. I've been blessed with a daughter. I want her to feel the love of the Father. I want her to feel the love of Christ through me, her dad, into her that she's secure, that when she meets the man that she should marry, that it won't be, oh, like I need someone to love me. No, my dad loves me. My mom loves me. My Jesus loves me. I'm secure. I can give myself to the right person. It's uppermost love. It's order of importance love, amen? It's actually, it's not lovers. It's first L-O-V-E. Do the things you did at first. What did I do? I, 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 to, I spent hours thinking, what did I do when I got saved? Because in a sense, that helps me to restore first love. You couldn't get me, when I got saved, you couldn't get me out of church. I used to, of course, but there was a revival. 
I was intrigued. I was fascinated. I would go in my lunch breaks. When I used to work at, at um, Durban Bay Center. What is it called? That tall building. I used to go to 320 West. I used to go to lunchtime meetings. I used to go to evening meetings. I used to go and listen to visiting speakers. I was, ah, oh, but now I just want to be alone. I'm isolating. Those of you listening to me online that are isolating, please come back to church. Because we are the body of Christ. It is utterly impossible for you to survive this alone. Amen? Am I preaching too strongly, Merv? You're right. Ruth? Even on Mother's Day. What did you do? I remember going to tents and preaching. I remember being intrigued and thinking, I've got to lift my hands. I'll str- do the things you, I mean, that's what he said. Like, are you serious? Don't, don't become a child again? In some ways, yes. Poor Cutty this week, because she's just, I've been holding her and loving her and kissing her. So I'm saying, I want, I, want to, I want to stir a first love. Is that okay? Are you there? You must say, I'm not married. You don't have to be married. That's just a physical thing. I'm, I'm saying, Lord, teach me. I've spent days saying, teach me what first love is, God. Help me to see what first love is. Have I strayed from you? What were your bridal days like with the Lord? What were your bridal days like? Your courtship days. You know how you fuel a fire? How do you keep a fire burning? You've got to add stuff to a fire. If you, if you light a fire, when the bird the other day, I think I shared it here, I don't know where I shared it, but these logs were so wet and damp and it took ages to start the fire. But once the fire got going, I spent most of my time when we were in the Berg just the other day just adding and, and selecting wood. And the more you added wood, the more you heated wood on the side. And you, you know that, that a fire, the spirit lights a fire. What do you need to add to that fire to keep it burning? If you don't add stuff to the fire inside of you, the fire will burn out. What do you need to add to that? Tristan? The word. The word is like wood. So what you do is you, 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 you're saying, well, the, the fire's going, well, just, just read the, just get the, get the word in. Oh, I've read that text before. Yeah, but read it again. No, but I, like, I, I read the text before. It's like, what's your favorite meal? Tandoori chicken, cottage pie, what bangers and mash? You know, if you say, if you have another bangers and mash, you had bangers and mash Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, and you're Sunday, you're saying, where's my bangers and mash? It's, it's, you know it, but you, it nourishes you, amen? It feeds you. You, 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 you say, no, I just, I just, I just want to read it again, because mysteriously, the, the, the wood is coming in, and, and whew, worship. The more I worship, the more I praise, the more I give, the more I love, it's like adds fuel. It's like fuel, and that fire burns. Next minute you think, this is an oversized fire in this little room. We had this room. And I said to Kati, check the fire. She says, a bit oversized, bro. You're burning us up. Yes. You want to add. You see, he burns, we add. Um, Whatever you need to add, date night to your marriage. Presence. I've got to speak to myself here. I'm not so good at some of those things. (laughs) We've got to, and then... What do you need to add? I did write them down somewhere. What do you need to add? Praise, generosity, fellowship, etc., etc. Are you still there? 
Christ's love compels us. 2 Corinthians 5.14. Christ's love compels us. If you have not love, you've got nothing. Amazing. Christians, they do all these things, but there's no love there. What does the world want? If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... You know what it is to speak in the tongue of an angel? It means you're probably the most eloquent person on the face of the earth. I don't know who that is today. Any, any ideas, tools? You've been traveling the world? Speak with the tongue of angels. If I have not love, it's just like this. I wish, Josh, you were going to go and bang that cymbal there. Quang, quang. It's just like a dang. You can put your ear in the cymbal. Let Josh hit it. Dang, dang. It's like, What? You have no love. You speak like an angel, but you have not love. Of course, the love for Jesus will translate into the love for each other. If I have not, if the gift of prophecy can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love. You know, sometimes, brothers and sisters, if I can just be a little bit, sometimes you can feel somebody loves you or they don't. Just talk about themselves all day. Talk about their stuff. And I think, come on, bro. Ask a question. How are you? You know, how, how are your kids? How's your business? How's your house you're building? Um, how's your kid? I know you've been struggling with your kid. Sometimes you leave a conversation. They loved speaking about all their stuff. But love means I'm interested. I spoke to this one guy, and I'm not blowing my own horn. I, please. But he kept on saying, okay, enough about me. How are you, Nick? I said, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I will get there. But I was interested to know a series of events happened in his life. And I asked him, I don't know, maybe question. He said, no, but enough about me. He said it three times. I said, no, listen, it's fine. We'll get to me. But I, I wanted to know because I want, I want to learn how to care. Amen. I want to know what he's going through with his children. I want to know what he's experiencing as a pastor. Can you say amen? Now, that's a, that's a mini thing. I can even move mountains, but have not love. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. You've lost first love. I'm not saying we have. I love the preach. I love the talk. What was done? What is the, what's behind the great gospel story? For God so loved the world that he gave Nicodemus, what must I do? You're a man of God. I can see you're a man of God. You must be born again. I'm like an old bullet. How can I be born again? Must I climb back into my mother's womb, Jesus? You must be transformed and born again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever is shall not perish but have eternal life. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for those, for us. Greater love has no one that has laid down his life. They devoted themselves because there was a fire burning. That's my second point. Are you born again and how's your first love? Third point, we need to be trained. I'm, I'm not, I'm just, you need to be trained. We need to be equipped. We need a toolbox. We need to arise in confidence. Come to the, come to the conference. Learn about the nations. Find out. Don't look for the magic bullet. Just sit there. Just let God minister to you. You need to be part of a team. You need to know the word. Be, be able to serve. 
You need to believe in multiplication. Never give up on the church. Because you are the church, sir. If I give up on the church, I'm essentially giving up on myself because I'm part of the church. If I struggle with the church because there's a problem with her, how much more do I am I a problem child? I am a problem child, amen? So are you. You're also a problem child. I heard this one pastor who, he just, he just this week was saying, it wasn't a guy I know, it was online. He was just saying, I am a mess. I just thought, bro, what kind of a mess are you? Are you not exaggerating? Because he, but, and he's, he doesn't have any inherent sin, but he just said, when I look at Jesus, but I need you. We need each other because we are a work in progress together. Do not fear man. That's what this thing will teach you. In other words, don't fear man when God speaks. When God speaks and God directs, don't, don't, don't worry about what people think all the time. How to settle that? Have you settled that? You need context. You need to be enthusiastic as I close. Who is Jesus that I should love him? So I spend a lot of time just writing down attributes of Jesus, which I can't go through. He's the fairest of 10,000. I say, well, why should I love him? What's this first love? He's, he is fairer, which means he's the fa- Jesus is the most beautiful human being who's ever walked on the face of the earth. He is the perfection of the Son of God. He is beauty personified. He is from the beginning. He is the Word. He was with God, and he is God. He is your wonderful counselor, your mighty, sovereign, beautiful God. He is your eternal Father, and he is your great Prince of Peace, your Shalom. That you say, Lord, I don't know what's potting in this world of ours. I don't know what's happening. Let him be your prince of peace. He is your tender, yielded lamb of God. He's also the lion that, of the tribe of Judah. He is, he gives you his righteousness. He gives you his obedience. He gives you his goodness. He gives you his peace. He gives you his life. He takes your brokenness and he takes your sin and he takes your mess ups and he says I will bear them and I will die for them and I will give you everything that I am he is your living water your bread of life he is the promised Messiah that about 300,000 people I'm told in Jewish Israelis have finally accepted in Israel they're saying he is the Messiah we've been duped he is the coming Messiah he is the lifter of your head he is the washer of your feet he does live to intercede for you I love him with all of my heart he is my preeminent love, my foremost love. He is God with us. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the personification and the exact representation of his Father. He is God's glory. He has eyes like blazing fire. His sound is like the sound of rushing waters. He is, his face is like the sun shining in all its brilliance. He holds the keys of death and Hades. He has conquered death and he has been resurrected from the grave. His name is Jesus. He is human perfection. He is majesty. He is power. He is authority. And Jesus is love. He never changes. He covers your sin. He's rescued you from the dominion and the chains and the domination of darkness. Darkness begets darkness. Light gets light. Even though you've slipped across the veil and you say, listen, Nick, I'm still in a bit of darkness. If you come into the light, it begets light. If you slip back into the darkness, it begets darkness and darkness. But light begets light. He is the light 
of the world. Jesus holds everything together. I'm nearly finished. He is the head of his body. He is the head of the church. In everything he is supreme. He has the fullness of God living in him. He is the lover of my soul and the lover of your soul. He is your bridegroom. Can you imagine when you go get invited to the wedding feast on that great day and you're the bride and you think, uh, who, who's that? Is that Jesus? What we should do is when we see him, we run and we jump into his arms because we know who he is. There will be a kindred, amen? In everything he is supreme. Are you born again? Have you been born again? You might be here this morning saying, Nick, you said a lot of things today, and I know I have. So won't you stand with me as we consider first love, as we consider discipleship? He is your walkway to eternal life. Can I have the band up, please? Are you born again, number one? Are you passionately in love with him, first love? And would you let God disciple you and equip you? Those are the three things. Who is this Jesus I love? I've, we could spend the whole day. We could spend the whole day talking about the attributes of Christ. And we would have only scratched the surface. Is there anybody here this morning? I want to pass from where you are into the kingdom of God. You, you, and you say, yes, I, I do. And why? For whatever reason, but you say, I want to be born again. I want to experience the love of Christ. I want, to, I want him to transform me, to change me. The fact is, I need him. I know that the others, maybe your love's grown cold. I'm not speaking to you. Maybe the fire's dim. Maybe your affections have strayed. But I'm speaking to anyone this morning. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that there's at least three people this morning that need to receive Christ as Savior. I'd love to, I'd love to pray with you. Every eye closed. You say, actually, if I die, like Nick's mom, I, I don't know where I'm going. I, I have no idea. I can tell you that Terry Stain is with Jesus. If he isn't, I'm wasting my time here, but I can tell you that he is with Jesus. If that's you, every eye closed, just raise your hand. If you want to be born again, just raise your hand, just so that I can sit nice and high. Thank you. Thank you. Any hands? Just raise your hand just so I can see it. Just lift it up. Don't be afraid. Reach, reach your hand up to heaven. Oh, thank you. Well done. Thank you. It's about five or six, seven hands. Go on up. You say, actually, I need to experience the living God. Just raise your hand. You need to receive the love of Christ. You need Him to take away your sin. And to give you his perfection, his holiness. You've raised your hand. Please come out and stand with me in the front. Don't look at the people. 
your friend has raised their hands, just come. Come and stand here in a strike. If you raise your hands, come. Just come and stand here. Don't, don't, don't stop now. Please come. Just come. You'll, it'll, it'll be wonderful. Those of you that raise your hand, just come stand here in the front. Just face me. Don't face them. Love some leaders. You raise your hand. Come. Even if you didn't raise your hand and you'd like to join these people and say, I want to cross a line. Come. Come. saying, Nick, I've messed too much up. You, come. Come forward and receive Christ. Anybody else? He's saying, Nick, I I thought I was a Christian. I think I'm a Christian, but I don't know. You, come. Because you know that you know that you receive Christ as your Savior. Please come. Anybody else? Thank you for these precious souls. Extend your hands to them, please, Lord. Uh, Friends, not Lord. Thank you for these precious men and women. Two ladies, come, come. Can I just have leaders, friends, come. So, So together, I presume everyone else here is a believer. Father, these men and women that have come, save them, please. Save them, God. Take them, transform them by your power. Spirit of God, brood upon them. What must we do to be saved? You must repent and be baptized. It happens said in the book of Acts. Paul, Peter said, I pray that you would save them, Lord, that the gospel would save them, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask you for salvation, God. Thank you, Tristan. I I pray that you would save this man, God. That you would save him, Lord. That you would heal his body, God. That you would heal his body, Lord, in Jesus' name. I don't know what's happened to him, Lord, but heal his body, God. This young man, God, what is his name? Jamal. Save this man, Lord. Heal his body, God. You said signs and wonders would follow the ministry. I don't know what's happened, God, but save him. Heal his body, Lord. The side of his body. Heal him, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Save his soul, I pray, and everybody else. People are just going to pray with you. Can you just turn around to the front of them and just pray with them and just meet them and get to know them? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for salvations, God. You got a song, Mano? Just before I close, that's late. I spent the whole week saying, Lord, teach me first love. I want to encourage you, go home and say, Lord, I want to know about first love. Here and here. What does it mean? Thank you so much for listening.